0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the EPM show. This is all things enterprise performance management, and we are here to give you an unfair career advantage. Today's episode is all about making the EPM entrepreneurial leap with Sorja Rudra. Y'all I'm telling you, if you are in the EPM industry, you're a consultant on a specific platform. If you've ever considered going independent and starting your own firm, this episode is for you. Sorja is an Anaplan solution architect. He's the co-founder of Plan Flamingo Consulting, and he's been in the Anaplan ecosystem specifically for the better part of a decade, working for multiple Anaplan global strategic partners before jumping out and starting his own firm. And that's what we talk about today. We get an inside look into what that leap was like for him and how his non-traditional background has actually helped him in the Anaplan consulting world and what development and what career growth has looked like since he's gone independent versus being in a firm and the differences that are there. I think you're really going to like this episode if you've had questions or you're curious about going out on your own, Sorja will give you some really great practical insights and whether you're independent or you want to stay at a firm forever, this mm-hmm. is a great episode to help you focus on how to build your network, how to continue developing, and hope you enjoy it. Check it out. Sorgia, how you doing? Good, babe. How's it going? Good. This is gonna be a blast, man. I'm, I'm I'm excited to have you on. I'm excited about today's topic. It's one we haven't hit on yet, which is awesome. And I think it's gonna be one that a lot of the consultants, especially, and, and a lot of the specialized EPM talent's gonna be really, really interested in. So to to kick us off, so folks can get to know you a little bit better, give me your career flyover in 60 seconds or less.
1: All right. Sounds good. Well, Sorja Rudro, got a finance background from Georgia Tech here in Atlanta, Georgia, and kind of did a little bit of a pivot after College. I spent two years as a high school math teacher in Memphis, Tennessee. So did that for a few years before I got into consulting as an analyst at Deloitte and I was just honestly thrown into Anoplan for my very first project over there. And that's, that's, that was my introduction to Anoplan. And I haven't left the space since then. So that was back in, that was back in 2017 and have been in the Anoplan space since that time. Jumped around to a boutique firm called Achille out, out in Dallas. And then most recently at Slalom before my partner and I co-founded PlanFlamingo. And so we are a boutique Anoplan consultant firm.
0: Awesome, man. You nailed it. That's that's quite a journey. High school math teacher for two years. Tell me about that. Went from finance degree at Georgia Tech to high school math teacher. Talk to me about that a little bit more.
1: Yeah, a little, little bit of a, you know, I'd always been interested in education and education policy from like a political angle. And this, honestly, this this recruiter was on campus for this program called Teach for America. And we just, it was supposed to be like a 15, 30 minute conversation turned into. Quite a bit longer than that, just because we got into really deep conversations. And it was just a program that and a mission that I really aligned with. And so I figured, heck, it's really, it's really hard to get into the, a program like that. So I'll just throw my name in there, see, it, see if it works out. And it ended up working out. And I spent two years and they, they told me to go to Memphis, Tennessee. And that was one of the kind of a high need location for a math teacher at that time. And so I spent two years doing that. And my finance background worked pretty well for the. For the algebra one and two that I was teaching uh, to those high schoolers. So, so that worked out really well and it, it was a fantastic experience. If, if anyone listening gets an opportunity to do something like that, I, I say, take it, take it in the heartbeat. Don't even think about it. It's uh, easily the best decision I ever made in my life.
0: That's awesome. I, I actually want to stay on this. I'm going to, I'm going to break our normal order. I've got my fun question for you <laughs> sitting over here on the shelf, sure. that how, how did, your experience with Teach for America changed the way you approach consulting and just your career in general?
1: Yeah, you know, there's a few angles at this. If you talk about just kind of the core day-to-day responsibilities as a consultant, you can can think about things such as end-user training, the patience that comes with that, or breaking down, you know, Topics that you're doing with end users in a, in a digestible way that they can learn easily and pick up that skill set or if you're training a new model builder, same thing. And I realized that's kind of a part of consulting I really enjoy is, is training that new model builder or that end user. It just honestly kind of almost comes naturally to me at this point, just because I spent uh, some time as a teacher and it's just very easy for me to break down a topic into multiple parts. But then there's the, there's the other side of it that teaching really helped where, and what I mean by that is, you know, not to, not to downplay the, the value that consultants bring to the workplace from an implementation or anything like that. But, but teachers, you know, teachers don't get enough credit for the work they do in the classroom. It is, it is a grind in there to, to do what they're doing day in and day out, year after year, especially the, the veteran teachers that have been doing it for decades and, it just kind of puts a lot of things into into perspective when you go from an environment like teaching where you're seeing kids in high-risk environments potentially and challenges that kids deal with on a day-to-day basis. And then you kind of get into the consulting world where it's, you know, you're, you might be traveling for a client, everything's expense. It, it kind of brings about a different definition to, to stress. And, and personally for me is allowed me to ground myself very quickly in the event that I ever find myself complaining about work or anything like that, because there's, there's a, there's a lot of different outcomes that, that could have been at play. And for all intents and purposes, life, life's pretty good.
0: Hmm. That's good. That, that'll preach, man. I think you're right. Teachers are, are undervalued for the work that they do, the stress that they endure. But I also love that point because we've spoken to folks trying to make a transition out of education into this yeah. world, just at times in the nature of the work that we do. And that's such a good point of the educational aspect of consulting. They're going to be very good at that. Able to distill down complex topics into digestible forms of information and stress management, knowing what it means to kind of go on a grind a little bit. So just the attitude. And then to your point, also the perspective of gratitude, all of those things to me seem very valuable to an employer.
1: Absolutely. And, and I've seen teachers go from the classroom to becoming recruiters to they become like trainers for corporate companies like, like Google. They hire a ton of like end user trainers for a lot of the different programs that they have. So there's a, there's a lot of opportunity out
0: there. Absolutely. The people skills that you learn in teaching are unmatched. What a gift to kind of talk about that for a little bit and such a unique experience. But back to our fun question. So folks can get to know you a little bit better. (laughs) All right. Who? is your spirit animal spirit animal
1: i really i really vibe with an elephant i so a couple years ago (laughs) this 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 is a really long time ago actually it would have been between my first and second year of teaching i went on a backpacking trip to southeast asia and we did a whole day with an elephant sanctuary and this is when i like fell in love with these animals they are just the smartest creatures and they got like baby elephants and mama elephants with them. And it's just, they're just like humans. The baby elephant gets on the nerve of the parents and they get disciplined. And then like, it's just cool seeing that out in nature. And then you're out there, we, we, we got a chance to give them mud bats and just kind of feed them and play around with them. And yeah, they're just, they're just so smart and I, I just, I don't know. I just love elephants. They're, they're just some of the coolest creatures around.
0: All right, there we go. <laughs> they're, just so,
1: they're so majestic.
0: <laughs> I love it. I've never been around Elephant. That's something I've always wanted to do, though. Let's I know you it. said you jumped into Anaplan and kind of fortuitous situation, never looked back. You've been at a couple different consulting firms, and now you you are in the independent space. You started a boutique shop with another um, co-founder. And so just talk to me a little bit about that transition that you made from being in a bigger consulting firm to to going out on your own? Because I know that there's probably folks in the audience who realize they have a specialized skill, they maybe have that desire. Talk me through that process that you went through and what you've learned doing it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Would love to. It didn't kind of happen instantly. It was definitely something that I had been planning on for probably a better part of a year. and I had had some very close people to my side that I kind of constantly kept talking to and saw them take their journey um into the independent world and and kind of understood some of the pros and cons of of kind of making that step but i think the biggest i think the biggest thing there is first you got to have the confidence in your skill set to make sure that it is something that you can go off on, my, on your own for me that was when i felt comfortable becoming a Solution architect in in Anno. and I'm going to be completely honest, and and this might surprise folks, but after kind of going out there and seeing all and seeing some of the opportunities out there, I you don't have to wait until your solution architect. There is a need of model builders out there as well. One thing that I learned once getting out is is you just kind of you just kind of have to have that faith. You have to have a a, a baseline level of confidence, but after that. You have to just be able to handle the risk of I might not have a steady paycheck. It may come and it may ebb and flow, and and that's just the nature of consulting. And you just have to be okay with that. And I would say if you're not okay with that, it's it's probably not not the best move, especially initially. So so again, you you got to have the confidence in your skill set to be able to go. Okay, yeah, you know, I can go get work. You know, I always told myself my my worst case scenario is, you know. I go get another anoplane job. There's, there's a lot of those, there's a lot of them out there. There's a high need for them. And there's some great positions out there as well. It's some great companies and firms. But for me, I was looking for something else. I I wanted to eventually build a team. I wanted to eventually have ownership of the sales process. That, that's something I was very passionate about because I disagreed a lot of times the way projects were sold. Uh, at at firms, just because I think maybe the people selling weren't always the people doing the hands on keyboard work. And there's sometimes there's a little bit of a disconnect. And again, for me, everything's all about incentives. You know, for me, I wanted the incentive to just be, I just want to do good work. You know, I just want to do right by my clients and do good work within the enterprise space and going off on my own, accomplish those goals. Right. And so that, that, that would be, I think the first couple of things that stand out in my head about kind of making that journey. But I would say, I would say confidence would, would be the biggest one because it, it does take a little bit of a leap to go from steady paycheck every other week, every month to honestly, you, 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 get, you get paid when you, when you invoice and it, you know, if you take time off, that's, there's no PTO anymore. It's just, you just don't get paid. <laughs> it's just, it's just that mm. And, and there's something, and there's something really freeing about that, that I hear just come to enjoy over the last year and a half here.
0: That is awesome. So you and I are alike in this regard. Here's one of my questions for you though, because I think sometimes a benefit of being in a company or a firm is access to development, right? And continued growth. And I have realized that that exists in the independent space. And it's all the more important in the independent space because your skill sets are what you're selling. So, if you want to grow your team, if you want to grow your revenue and your income, you have to, you have all the more incentive to grow your skill set. So, how have you approached just development and continuing to get better and diversifying your skill sets and things like that since going independent versus just being at a firm and say, well, I'm just going to attend this training, right? Cause you kind of have to go seek that out now. So, how have you approached that differently?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's a fantastic question. So, this was actually one of my, this is one of the reasons I didn't want to go independent is I didn't want to lose access to the amazing network of folks that work at different firms and companies right when you're when you're at a big four company or any sort of consulting firm with a bunch of anti-plant folks around you, you're a you're a slack message away from asking someone a quick question or how does something work or if you get an error message or if you're looking for the right approach on a use case, right? You're one Slack message away from pretty much getting a meeting within your firm. And there's just something so beautiful about that. And one of the things that I made sure I did as I went independent is really maintain a strong network with folks that still work at these firms and folks that are independent. And I we, we always keep each other in the loop. There's some folks that I have a weekly meeting with just to catch up. We just talk about what's going on in our projects. We even talk about some of the issues that we're having in in ways that we've both gotten through those challenges. And so I think it's vital when you go off on your own to maintain that, to maintain that network, but more importantly, be very intentional about those conversations with your network about things that they're seeing in the market, things that they're seeing in their projects, issues that they're running into, and, and at a more actionable step to answer your question, I I took a, about a year ago, I took on an engagement, I just, I just took on a lower bill rate just because I really wanted to be on that use case. It wasn't a use case that I had a, a high level of experience in, but It was an opportunity for me to learn the use case, and I I really wanted it. You can do that when you're independent, and you can make yourself highly desirable from a market value perspective if there's an opportunity that you really, really want to go after. And for me, that was really beneficial because that was another use case that I was able to speak to in future conversations. So I think there's, there's really two ways to think about it. You have a high degree of flexibility when you're independent, but at the same time, that also allows you to kind of fall into the trap of, of not really seeking out those opportunities. I would say you, you got to seek out those opportunities, but more importantly, I think you got to find the network that's, that's seeking out those opportunities or those new skills alongside with you. Right. I see the same people at these conferences that happen several times a year. And it's, it's a bunch of independent yeah folks that are on their own that want to continue to upskill and, and and stay relevant in the space Uh, because the tool is always changing uh, in Mm -hmm. uh, in a good way.
0: No, one of the things that Blake and I have been talking about a lot is this idea of of radical ownership in your career. No one cares about your career as much as you do. And when you go independent, it is 100% on you. Like (laughs) you can't expect to be fed anything. You know, and the other piece of it too is if you desire more out of your career, you have to get out of your comfort zone. And absolutely, part of that, to your point, as you said, I really wanted to learn that use case. So I dropped my bill rate down and I made a little bit less yep. money. But the value in what you learned made you that much more marketable. So you're finding those ways to continue learning, continue growing and developing and pushing yourself outside of what feels comfortable and what feels good and normal. I'm a big believer, too. We work, we help people elevate their career. And I'm a big believer that if you are 100% qualified for the job, you shouldn't take it. Because it's not going to help you. You should you always keep. be just a little bit out of your skis. Always just a little bit stretched. Uncomfortable. I don't want you to be set up for failure. But there should be things in your job that you've never done before. Because that's how you grow and develop.
1: That's, I, I yeah, I could not have said that any better. I think there's a time and place for when there's a lot of stuff going on. And you want an engagement where you're, you're comfortable. And you just, you, you want to be able to kind of do what you need to do and move on because you, there's other things going on in your life. I think there's a time and place for that. But yes, if, if you are wanting to consistently upskill and uplevel, you, you've got to take on, um, opportunities that allow you to push the edge of that, you know, kind of circle of competence that you might have in an area because otherwise, (laughs) otherwise you're, you're going to be left behind. Honestly, technology changes so quickly even, even you know, specifically talking about Anoplane, right? There's updates coming up all the time. Like if you don't decide to stay relevant, or if you don't decide to play around on your own time with the new functionality that they've released, you you will get left behind, and and that's that's dangerous when when you're off on your own because that can happen pretty quickly.
0: Absolutely. One of the other things that you were talking about offline too that I want to make sure we hit is. You know, when you were when you were getting ready to leave and make that change, one of the, your big hesitancies was was leaving the intact network at some of the at the firms that you were working with. But I know from your experience, once you left and you went independent, you kind of gained this whole new network of other independent consultants. Talk to me a little bit about that network and you know what it's like, maybe for someone who is at a firm and just just wants to know a little bit about it, because I know it surprised you in some ways well, others a lot. More of us than maybe I, I initially thought.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, one, the, the biggest, the biggest surprise for me was, was realizing that there are a lot more of quote unquote me's out there kind of doing this, doing this on their own at varying degrees. Some people are very happy on their own. There's other people doing what Jonathan and I are doing and trying to build up our own practice here. It, the, the biggest piece I would say that, that I realized was. And I don't know if this is unique to the Anaplan world, but I I have been, I've been very happy in the Anaplan world with this sort of culture where everyone's looking to help each other. And when, when I did go independent and, you know, met all these amazing people at conferences and workshops, these people are phone call away. They'll always pick up the phone. And I think the important thing there is I will also pick up the phone on the, on the, on the flip side of that, right? If there's a question that they have or anything like that. And so There's several people that I constantly talk to on, on a weekly basis where it's just like, we're having a problem or we want to run, you know, some sort of approach by each other, we'll just get on the phone and talk at three for 30 minutes, just like you would if you message, you know, your colleague at a firm that you work for it's, it's, it's pretty much like that. And I think, I think the really successful consultants out there will realize that value in that relationship and, and they all try to give into that community. They all try to kind of put their two cents in and, and their value and because people are getting just as much out of it back to them.
0: Yeah, that's that's so good. We, we work a lot in our space too with with fractional executives and, and mm-hmm. interim leaders, folks who will go in on a, on a daily rate of some kind and, and be a fractional CFO or a fractional COO, chief marketing officer, yeah. whatever. And that was honestly a world that I didn't even know existed until we got independent, but the value in us being super connected together is that we can create win-win opportunities. So I see it as the same way probably for you and that someone might get on an engagement where they need some, some extra help, some extra firepower to come in, they bring you in you guys are partnering together to, to get a piece of the pie and, and create mutually beneficial scenarios and, and engagements and situations. And so, yeah, to your point though. That tells me career growth, kind of all, a lot of it comes back down to networking, continuing to network. And 100%. this might be an unpopular opinion for folks, but I think one of the dangers is if you are at a firm, you can get caught up doing most of your networking within your firm. And I'm a big believer that you should always be networking outside of your company, just as much as you are in your company. Even if that doesn't mean you're not, I'm not saying you need to be looking for a job, but you yep. should always be networking. Outside of your company, just as much as inside, so you can keep your ear to the ground and have a good pulse for what's happening out there, what's happening outside of my organization, and things like that. And
1: no, I, I love that because I, I think one of the things that I did early on in my career that it, it was kind of accidental. It was just more something that I chose to do because I wanted to keep up with them. But even if you are at a at, at a firm and and you've been there for a while, folks come in and out all the time at companies, right? And it's just keeping up with the people that have left or keeping up with the people that that you left if you decided to make a career pivot, right? That's been some of the most valuable conversations for me and kind of connections that I have is just individuals that I've met in my career journey over time. And, you know, I've, I've worked at a few places and each of those places was for a different reason. There was, there was a different career opportunity that presented itself that I wanted to take advantage of, but I'm really happy that it happened in a way that I still got to keep in touch with the individuals that, you know, really helped me out along the way, or, or I realized that it was going to be a very mutually beneficial relationship. And I think that's just really important and kind of goes back to your point, it, it, it's okay if if you've been if you're at a firm or you've been there for a long time or something like that. That's but there's there's people that come in and out all the time and sometimes it's just you know, it's it, everyone's a phone call away and and I think people people underestimate like people people get on the phone and talk to you. <laughs> it's uh, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with it. I feel like we almost don't do that enough these days and but, but there's a lot of there's a lot of value in that connection and and a genuine connection. I don't mean just calling them if you know every time you need something, but like just a genuine. Yep. connection in the space, whether it be professional or personal.
0: Absolutely. We are not meant to do our careers alone. We're not meant to live life alone or no. relational. I think I personally believe we are relational beings by nature. Yeah. And so if anything, one of the best things you can do in your career is build a great community of people and be yeah. great community to those who are around you. Those at your firm, we interviewed a guy yesterday on our other show, Henry Kasner. If you don't know who he is, he's the co-founder of a company called Bandwidth. They ipo went public, crazy successful entrepreneur. And that's one of the things he talks about is as a leader, you should always be inviting people into your story. Always be inviting people into your story and, and just that. creating authentic connections with the people that you lead, the people that you work with, people in your industry, because everyone's craving that deep, deep down, I think especially since COVID. It's important to just build real connection. How's your family? Tell me about your spouse. What are your kids up to? It doesn't have to be about all things plan, all things EPM all the time, but it's, it's, the, it's those little seeds of trust that you build over time when you're not working on an agenda that all of a sudden an opportunity comes up 6, 12, 18, 24 months down the road.
1: Also, what a just much more enjoyable way to live life, right, than... You know, just to just to have great genuine connections that could turn into professional connections or business leads down the road. That's just such a better way to kind of go through your day than, than having to just make a phone call because you need something all the time. Yeah.
0: Talk about a way to approach a career, find people that you enjoy, do work with them and do work that you love. Why would you ever want to retire? You know yeah. what I mean? You're <laughs> exactly. always doing yeah. things that you love That's a full life and that by default become a full career. So
1: yeah, absolutely. Love that.
0: Sorja, this has been just a gift. I feel grateful after this conversation and I love hearing your journey just as an independent consultant, building a business. And I hope folks listening, if if they have that itch, that drive, are encouraged by this. So I'll, I'll get you out of here on this. What is your next big, hairy, audacious goal?
1: Yeah, so a personal one that's been on my bucket list for a little bit now. I love I'm a I'm a big hiker. I love love going on just hiking trips. Been some, to some really amazing places around the world at this point now. And uh, one of the places I haven't done is is right here in the U.S. Though I've I've really been wanting to do Half Dome in Yosemite, and it's just been on my list for a while. I don't I don't know if you know anything about it, but it's yeah. Okay, you're not in your head there. Yeah. So it's a it's an incredible incredible hike. I've, I've, I found myself the last couple of weeks just before I go to bed, just watching videos of, of other people doing the hike. And I, I just really need to take some time and just make that happen and get the permits to, to, to get on that, to get on that hike and, and kind of complete it. Cause it's just, it's been on my bucket list for, for way too long now. <laughs> and on the, on the professional side, one of the joys about kind of being off on your own is, is having the ability to kind of pivot whenever, whenever you see some sort of need on the market and whatnot and one of the things that i've been grappling with is realizing this amazing community of of consultants that are out there whether whether they are independent or, or working at firms I, I really want to challenge the notion and the culture that consulting engagements have to be these 70 hour 80 hour work weeks where you're just burning yourself out at the end of an engagement you got to take pto to recover from the engagement but you know that's you know, is that really even a vacation if you're just recovering from the last six months of a high burn project or something like that? And you know, success for me and an accomplishment for me would would be able to, you know, really get some engagements going where we we challenge that notion. And I think and I think a lot of that comes in the sales process and, and setting expectations. And one of the joys of being on your own is you know, you don't always have a margin requirement to hit when you, when you sell an engagement, right? You can, you can optimize for, for lack of a better term. You can optimize for happiness versus, uh, versus gross margin uh, when you, when you sell an engagement. And, you know, I think there's enough room to, to have a win-win with these, with these situations. And, and so success for me would r- really be able to kind of hone, hone in on a business model that, that allows us to bring bring a lot of independent contractors that might be seeking work or looking for work that, that in in a sustainable way where it's not, it's not high burn all the time, it's, it's enjoyable for everyone involved, the consultant and the client, right. And I, I think there's a shift happening in the market and, and why a lot of people are going independent in the first place, because they're, they're tired of the high burn, take a vacation, high burn, take a vacation kind of culture that's, that's been in consulting. And I, I think there is a shift in the market that's happening and. To bring all those people together that, that see that shift, I think is I think could be, could be very valuable and a win for everybody involved, consultants and clients.
0: That's powerful. That's a BHAG if I've ever heard one, both the personal and the <laughs> professional. I love that. Bringing people together to create win-wins, I, I, that's, that's the business we're in. That's, that's a, that is a great, great BHAG. So, hey, last question. Where can people find you if they want to talk to you more about what you shared today?
1: Yep. Feel free to reach out to us on me on LinkedIn, Sorja, and, and you can also find me on plantflamingo.com. You can reach out to us there for any sort of work that you might have. But yeah, LinkedIn's usually the best way. I'm pretty, pretty active on yeah. there and, and very
0: responsive. Sorgia, incredible, incredible episode. Thank you for the time today. Thanks, Chad. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Wherever you're consuming this, if it's YouTube, if it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify... We appreciate you. Make sure you're subscribed. We have a lot more amazing guests on the way, a lot more great content. We're doing our best to bring you value and have fun while we do it. Uh, We really want this to be a career advantage, listening to this show, and we want you to enjoy it. So it means a lot. Make sure you're subscribed for what's, what's to come. And also, if you're up for it, it would mean a lot if you leave us a like, a comment, a rating, a review, whatever platform you're on that really helps and it gets us fired up when we see those so i appreciate you guys find us on linkedin i'm blake bozarth my co-host chad pike with a y would love to connect with you there have an awesome day see you next time peace